aren't you glad that he is doing that? He's been doing that. It didn't just start with us. Um, you think about Jesus on the scene. Just it's a huge display of it whenever um, you watch the Chosen series. It kind of just brings it to life. How he's always been trying to break down that wall of religion, tradition, and just intimacy. Going through the motions anymore. Isn't that so good? <laughs> to not have to go through just the motions. Such dead work in that. Isn't that so good? To just be free from that and to just have face to face encounter with Him. It is so good. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into that presence. Thank you, Bill and Emily, uh, for coming this morning. She has to run real quick to Monroe to catch a flight out. Um, part of her training with National Guard. Uh, so she'll be flying to Atlanta here in just a little bit. So Father, we just pray for her trip. Uh, for your angels to watch over her, protect her, lead her and uh, bring her back safely home. So, Father, we thank you for her heart and what she does uh, for you, not just here on Sundays, but her daily walk with you. And so, Father, we thank you for that, for bringing them into this group. Uh, they mean so much to us. And so, Father, we thank you for them. And we bless them. Bless us as we break open your word that you would meet with us here. Um, in Jesus' name. So if you have your Bible, Psalms 37, um, I think just about all these passages today I'll do out of New King James today um, because there's um, some Old Testament passages we'll be looking at. So I'm just going to stick with one version. I'll just be in the New King James. Um, Psalms 37 and verse 34. Um, it says, Wait on the Lord and keep His way, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land. To do what? What was the first thing? What was your command? Wait. Wait on the Lord. Now, this waiting on the Lord is not uh, to do nothing. Um, so we do that sometimes. Like we hear the word wait on the Lord and we think, well, we don't have to do anything. We just He wants to come. He'll come. He wants to meet with us today. He'll just meet with us today. He wants to send His presence in this place today. He will. If He wants to send a great awakening, He will. If He wants to send a revival, He will. You heard that before? <laughs> yeah. That is not what wait on the Lord. In fact, this word here, this phrase in Psalms 37 verse 34 means to lie in wait like an ambush. So think about this. There are some avid deer hunters in this room. Like... Few years back, trophy winner right here on the front row. Last year, trophy winner on the one, two, three, fourth row right there. I'm talking about he didn't even have to do nothing, so he won't even get this example. I mean, he, he just he just kicked kicked his feet back, grabbed a cold one, and there it was. Boom! Like who who like that's the kind of hunting I want to do. Like takes five minutes. But this word here is talking like ambush, right? So you think about deer hunting, that's what it's talking about, like the waiting, like you're hiding and you're waiting on it, right? How many of you have ever gone deer hunting with kids? Bro. <laughs> and you're lucky if you see a squirrel because they are so loud, they're rolling around in there, they can't be still, they can't be quiet, daddy, 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 when's he going to come out, when's he going to come out, when's he going to come out, when's he going to come out? I'm tired. We've been here five minutes. It's cold. Right? And so it makes a lot of noise. And you're like, shh, we want to see this, right? If you don't sit and be still, we're not going to get to see it. This is what it's talking about here. The waiting on the, like, if you can't get yourself still, you're not going to be able to see and hear. That's what he's talking about when he says to wait on the Lord. So it's not just sitting back and do nothing. It's, it's instead positioning myself to what God wants to do in that moment. 
So let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 30. And he's trying to get into these thick heads just like our thick heads. And in Isaiah 30, we'll start with around verse 1, but I'm going to go to a couple of other... I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to kind of hit a few verses in this chapter. He says, Who take counsel but not me, and who devise plans but not in my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk and go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. How often do we do that? We put our trust in Donald Trump. We put our trust in whatever government leader we want to say. I just say that one because that's good American white folks want to do that one. We want to put our trust in that, right? (laughs) Dad said, heck no. (laughs) So we do that. And we want to put our trust in that instead of what Jesus established. Did Jesus ever establish that whenever He was here? No. But yet His people were so confused with that, like they wanted it to come through government. Right? And He's like, my kingdom is not coming through government. Obviously, all through the Old Testament, it didn't. And then Jesus comes on the scene and it didn't. But yet we are still acting like Isaiah right here where he's trying to speak to these people and God is saying, you want to depend on your government leader or the land, right? I'm proud of where I live. I'm proud I'm American. But I cannot put my hope and my faith in the American economy, in the American government, or an American leader. I have to have my hope and my trust in the Lord and to live kingdom life. And it is very much the opposite of what that looks like. It is. It is nothing like what we've tried to set up and say, this is what it's like. And we put our hope in that. And he says, why do you keep doing that? Why is that where you go for for your help? Right? And listen to what he says. He keeps going on. He says, verse 7, For the Egyptians shall help in vain to no purpose. Right? I want you to think about kingdom come to this earth. And you think about how we rely on our government to feed the poor and the needy instead of the church. Oh, they get food stamps for that. I ain't helping them. Why do you think it was established? Because we wanted somebody else to do it. That's just one example. We could go on and on and on of how we, and then they help in vain. Why? Because it isn't lasting, right? The church should be setting up and helping people not only get them out of a bind, but then they teach them godly wisdom how to live so they're not having to depend on food stamps for the rest of their life. Right? That is in vain. That's what he's talking about here. We do those things in vain with our government, and then what do we do? We're still in the same boat. We haven't helped them at all. Right? Get them out of a tight spot for a minute, but how did you help them get better and better to live prosperous on the earth as God's people here on the earth, right? And so he says that the Egyptians still help in vain to no purpose. Then go on down to verse 15. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. So these hard-headed people who continue to want to live according to, I need my land to help me, I need my country to help me, I need my leader to help me, then whenever they finally get on board with what I want them to do, then we'll all be prosperous and we'll all live happy in the land. Is that what he says? No. What did he say? In returning and what? Rest, you shall be saved. Quit putting your hope and your trust in that and in returning to who? Me. Him. He's saying, God is saying, return to me and rest and you shall be saved. Listen to this. In quietness and confidence shall be your, what? Strength. Not you striving to get better. Not you striving and hoping that we finally get somebody to take up for us. You have the Lord who is strong and mighty in battle. Why are you waiting on some man? 
me and Brent will show you this version, but we were reading this yesterday evening. One will send a thousand to flight, five, all the enemies gone. Wow, if we could just get five to be on the same page, that'd be awesome. In one accord. He says, In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you what? Would not. You just wouldn't just be still and just rest and in quietness. You allowed the turmoil of the community and the turmoil of what you saw in front of you affect you into a place to where you would not get quiet and still. This speaks to me. Last week I told you some of my struggles, right? And the Lord is beginning to continue to help me grow because He doesn't want me to stay where I'm at. He says, this is where I want you to go as a son. And I keep trying to want to leap over there to that and miss a lot of steps to get there. And so I need to get this right now so I can go on to the next step in this. You see what I'm saying? I can't just, okay, yeah, I need to be over there. But I need to take the next step so I can get there. Right? And one of the things he's beginning to open to my eyes is be still. Get quiet. Be still. Why? It's your strength. You don't think it is. You just think you have to keep doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and trusting in your doing and doing and doing and doing. And then whenever those plans don't go like you thought they were, it brings distress into your life. In quietness and in rest, it will be your strength. But you wouldn't do it. But you wouldn't do it. Now look what he says in verse 18. Therefore the Lord, listen to this, will wait. Who's going to wait now? The Lord's going to wait on what? On you to wait. That's how important it is to Him. He's going to wait for you to wait. That's how patient He is. He's waiting on you to wait that He may be gracious to you. What happens with grace? What does grace do? What does the Bible tell us that grace does? It gives us power. It enables us to do what He's called us to do from the very beginning. He's waiting on us to wait so that He can give us grace to enable us to do what He's called us to do. And therefore, He, God, will be exalted that He may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. God's wanting us to wait. And when you won't wait, He's waiting on you to wait. (laughs) Because that's how important it is for you to step into the waiting. Now go with me to Psalm 130. Psalm 130, beginning with verse 5. I will wait for the Lord. My what waits? My soul waits. And in His Word I do hope my soul, what? Waits for the Lord. More than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. They're talking about the watchman who would be on the wall waiting for the morning to come. Watching and making sure no enemy is coming. And waiting for the daylight to break. Right? I'll wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in His Word I'm doing what? So what am I doing while I'm waiting? I'm putting my trust in His promises. So you don't just do nothing. I'm positioning myself, steadying myself, being still on the inside. And as I'm doing that, I'm waiting on the promise to come. One of the things we shared with Jess's dad yesterday. I said, I need you to have hope and eager expectation just like a child does on Christmas morning. When a child on Christmas morning, they know and anticipate because they've been there and done that, they know what's about to be under that tree. Right? You don't, like, you don't have to tell them what's under the tree. They have eager expectation. And are they already squealing and jumping up and down before they even open the present? better believe it. That's what hope is. 
Because hope gets us in the position to where we are already having the emotion as if we have already received or obtained the price. Does that make sense? Like something even smaller. Armani loves, I was going to say food, but it's only certain foods like Cheetos or something of that nature. And when I walk in the room from Walmart and I got bags, she can't see what's in there, but she sees I brought some and she's gumping up and down. What you got, daddy? What you got? What you got? What you got? Did you get me this? Did you get me this? Did you get me this? She hasn't even opened it yet. But she's already, eager anticipation, the motion has already come out of her body before she receives the gift. Knowing that daddy going to take care of her. Right? That's the kind of hope and eager expectation and waiting that he's talking about here. So go with me to, now this is a different one for you, Lamentations. Lamentations. <laughs> yeah, the breast. It's after Psalms, Proverbs, and then you lament and get sad again. <laughs> um, if it helps you any, mine's on 1085. But Lamentations chapter 3, beginning with verse 23, this is what he says. Actually, I'm going to go up to verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new when? Every morning, and great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. That means on the deepest, most, that subconscious layer that we talk about a lot of times, that subconscious layer is saying every morning, the Lord is my portion. Like, He is everything to me. Therefore, I hope in Him. Not my circumstance. Not the way it is right now. No matter, I couldn't even, like, I can't describe to you two weeks ago, I couldn't even hardly open my eyes. Like, it was hard for me to concentrate. That week that I still got up here and preached on that week after that, it was very hard for me to concentrate. I don't even know if I preached, like, a coherent anything that day. So if it wasn't good, just go back and say, bless his heart. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I do make mistakes. Uh, just last week I was listening to myself and I said, um, the Tower of Babel, in my very next sentence I said, Tower of Babylon. <laughs> so I do make mistakes. Go back and check it for yourself. It's there for you. This is what this is there for. Check it. Go to it. But I could not even think straight. But I still had to say, my hope is in Him. I still had to steady myself and get myself into a position to where that reality had to affect my emotions to say, this is, I'm receiving it. And it was hard to say, I'm in eager expectation. I'm going to be joyful. I had to make a choice. Choose life, Deuteronomy 33 says. Choose life, not death. Yeah blessing not cursing choose it like you have a choice daily when you wake up it is your choice right then verse 25 the lord is good to those who look what wait who what wait for him to the soul who what seeks him it is good that one should hope and do what wait quietly for the sal of the Lord, the sozo. That means your whole being, mind, will, body, the whole thing, spirit, everything is made whole. Wait on it. Wait for it. Right? So then he says, um, go to um, James 1.4. Now, I'm going to tie this to James, we use this verse a lot, but we don't think about the waiting part in that. So in James chapter 1, actually I'll just start with, with um, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that testing of your faith produces patience. Now we talked about that earlier. Sometimes, Brent mentioned that earlier about the testing, right? And he talked about even Satan wanting to see if you really know what you believe. Like, is it in your knower or you just think about it sometimes? 
And it's going to come a testing season to put it into action. Right? And so these things that we talked about, his testimony earlier, these things in my past for the past three weeks now, two, three weeks now, putting it faith into action. Do you believe it? Right? And he says when those various trials comes, and notice it says various because in this room we're all going to face some different things. And I can't look at you and say, I don't understand why, why that bothers her. I can't understand why that bothers him. It's never bothered me before. But guess what? They can say the same thing about you. There's something that bothers you that doesn't bother them. So we can't do that because it is various. He knows where your weak points are. So therefore, He tempts you in the weak parts. I'm talking about Satan, the enemy, right? The one who is trying to devour you. And so in various trials, He says, knowing that it's the testing of our faith, it produces patience. What is tied to patience? What do you have to do with patience? Does it automatically come? No, you have to what? Wait. Wait. Now look what happens when what happens with waiting and patience. But let patience have its what? Perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What did we just read? That sozo, salvation comes in the waiting. Eager expectation. Now, let's go back to the Psalms. Psalms 42. We're going to... A lot of verses today. Psalms 42, verse 7. Deep calls unto deep. We just sang about that, right? As Emily was singing oceans, and it's talking about He's calling us out into the deep waters... He says, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. Or King James says, water spouts. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night. His song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Now, think about this. You ever seen a water spout? You ever been on the beach before and see a water spout? Like, it's a magnificent looking thing. Like, and you think, I hope that they don't come over here on where we are. Right? Because it's swirling water. <laughs> it's Sharknado coming after you. Right? So it is a tornado that is full of water. You ever seen those water spouts? If you haven't, Google it, look at it. But he, it's drawing out the water. Right? The wind is drawing the water from from underneath and bringing it up into the atmosphere. Correct? What did he say? Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spout. I want you to think about it in this way. The deep things of God. He's calling you out into the deep waters. And as you are that water, He hovers over you and draws you from the deepest, most innermost of your being and draws you into His presence. That's what's happening. He wants to draw you up into Him. That secret place that Hayes was talking about the other day. Where the soul, it sinks down deep into nothingness. Why does it have to sink deep down into nothingness? In nothingness, you can't do anything anymore. You see, we always, as Hay says, a lot of times we're focused on that branch and the fruit that's out there on that branch, but yet He's wanting us to be focused on that secret place. And whenever I sink down deep into the secret place, there's no more striving. There's no more flesh because the flesh has to die. And in that place, He can lift me up into His presence. And now it is His faith in operation to face the challenge and not mine. Because if I'm doing it out of works, I'm doing it all wrong. Right? A lot of times when we pray over people, I like to just be still and I just want to hear. A lot of times I get some words, I get little pictures. I just want to get still. What is he doing? What is he saying? And we've got to learn how to do that for us. Because the enemy is wanting to take you out. 
So you've got to realize you are at a world at war when you wake up every day. Whether you choose to fight in it or not, that's a different story. It doesn't change the game. It doesn't change the fact that you end the war, right? So we've got to learn how to do these things for ourselves. I was, um, I told you I had an MRI and a couple weeks back and that Friday evening I go over there by myself and get over there and um, I'm going into the MRI and so they strap you down, you know, and you're going into that little tunnel and they're telling you it could be loud and all these things. They give you little earplugs. And, and so I'm sitting there and I'm going into that little thing and I just take a deep breath and I'm trying to do what I'm telling you now to get into that deep place. One, because I didn't want to focus on all that racket around me. I didn't want to focus on the fact that that thing's right here in front of my face and I don't want to get claustrophobic. So I'm just like, just let me be at rest. I just want to be in this safe place. I just want to be in this secret place. And despite that that thing is surrounding me and it is so loud around me, the Father took me up I told Brent about this the other day and he takes me and puts me and I'm on this and I told him that said 4K Ultra D does not have anything on the picture of what I saw. And like I'm up on this like mountain but like the mountain doesn't have like a, a come to a tip like it, it cuts off and it's like almost like a volcano top. And I'm coming through these clouds and I get through the clouds and there I'm at the top of this thing. And this open area there, it was almost like liquid silver. And it was like all of a sudden there before me, he says, take a drink. And so I take this drink and it was like just liquid, just I could feel it consuming my body. And then he invited me into go into that. It was like a fresh baptism, like just hard to explain. The colors, the, the things that were happening in that place. But I was able to go into that place despite like so all this stuff's going around me and I forget all about it. Like I don't hear the noise anymore. There's nothing there but me and him and paradise. Because he wants to steady you and he wants to take you to where he is above all those things that are bothering us. That's the invitation that he wants with us so that we see the way he sees, so that we feel the way he feels, so that we can bring his kingdom here on the earth. So go with me to Zechariah. I told you I'm throwing out some, some good ones for you to have to look up. In my Bible, it is page 13. 13. But Zechariah chapter 2, verse 13, he says, Be silent. Look at the next two words. All what? Flesh. What did I describe to you? When you get in that secret place, the flesh has to be gone. To nothingness. Why? Because you can't depend on your flesh to do this work of God. You have to depend on the Spirit of God. So all flesh dies. Be silent. All flesh before the Lord. For He is aroused from His holy habitation. In that silent place, what happens with the Lord? What did it say? He does what? He rises. Right? Isn't that what it says? And He will what? And He will what? He will rise. In that silence, for He is aroused in His holy habitation. Let me prove this to you again. Let's go to um, Psalm 27, 14. Psalm 27, verse 14. Actually, let's go to verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. <laughs> you got to believe these things. That I would see the goodness of the Lord where? In the land of the living. Not in the sweet by and by, but in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen. See the strength you get? In the waiting. Strengthen your heart. Wait I say on the Lord. Again, you have to speak to your body. Brent gave that perfect example for you right before. You've got to speak to it. 
And sometimes when you speak to it, it tries to come to you with even full force. More than before. The more I was speaking to my head, the more I was trying to come into agreement with the Word, the more intensity it came. That's why I knew it was a spiritual battle. And so, you have to believe. And have to keep taking that step forward. And you have to keep declaring that promise. And tell my spirit. What did I tell you last week? He told me the first word I heard in all of that, after two days of silence, I heard, make no agreements. And that word is still sticking with me today. Like, make no agreements. The word of the Lord will come to you as you wait on Him. Look at this, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Let's go up to verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who, what? Wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. So what happens as I wait? My flesh dies, I get strength, and I rise up. Notice it says, and I rise up on wings like eagles. How does the eagle soar? He depends on the wind. He has to do no flapping. He just, wings are spread, and the wind carries him. What is known as the wind in the Word? Holy Spirit. And when you wait on the Lord, the winds of the Holy Spirit begin to lift you up where you are having to do nothing but ride. Ride. That's it. Go over a couple of chapters to chapter 46. 46 verse 10. Nope, not down. I wrote the wrong passage down, I guess. But this is what what I was going to was be still and know that I am God. So if somebody finds that, I should know that by heart by now, but somebody knows what that verse is, give us that. But be still and know that I am God. Be still, though, means our silence and our waiting. And what happens in that silence and the waiting? Know God. God is what did I say earlier? He's raised up. Okay? So I, in my stillness, I'm getting strength. I'm knowing that He is God. He is raised up. Go with me now to Psalm 68, verse 1. Psalm 68, verse 1. Listen to this. Let God arise. Why is it so important that I'm pointing out that God arises as you're waiting? Well, this is why. What does it say? Let God arise. And when that happens, what happens? His enemies are what? Scattered. So as I'm waiting, my flesh is dying. He is raising up and He is taking me with Him as as He is aroused up. He is taking me with Him. And what is happening to our enemies? They're running. They're fleeing. New Testament reminds us that they are crushed beneath our feet. Right? Not in your own strength, not in your flesh, but in Him. Right? The enemy scattered. Do what? 46.10? Yeah. That's what I said, and that's where I was at. Maybe I would just... Oh, that's why. There you go. So I said Isaiah. That's why I was at the wrong place. Very good. So I had 4610, right? Just had the wrong book. There you go. 
<laughs> Good job, Tater. Um, so in that, his enemies scatter. All the other times that we see it references God in the heavenly realm, what is he doing? Seated at the right hand, right? Jesus at the right hand of God, and they're seated on their throne. But all these times that we are seeing about waiting and you getting your strength, it says that he is lifted up. He is arising up. Why? Because he's about to take care of it. The God of angel armies, when it describes him in the Old Testament, the God of angel armies is the God who has got his battle axe ready for battle. That's what it's saying. That's what it literally means. Got his battle axe ready to just destroy him. So why is he rising up? Your enemies is about to get defeated. Okay? Exodus 14, 14. This is the last one we'll look up. This is the one Mama quoted to you a couple weeks back. Exodus 14, 14, Moses, and verse 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. So when those things are coming against you, what do you say to yourself? Do not be afraid. Stand still, he says. See the salvation of the Lord. The sozo of the Lord comes and you're in your waiting, right? Which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. As you do what? As you're still. Not that you're doing nothing. You are doing something. You're positioning yourself into a place where you can receive this. Think about it. The fullness of the Spirit and the waiting go hand in hand. They're inseparable, right? Think about the day of Pentecost. They're up in the upper room. And they're in one accord. And what happens? As they're waiting the Spirit of God comes in like a mighty rushing wind swirling around them, empowering them. You see that? What happened with Jesus as He calms the storm? They, they're freaking out. Jesus is asleep. Or maybe He's just waiting on the Lord. And what's on the inside of Him? You can only release what's on the inside of you. And what was on the inside of him was perfect peace, perfect strength to where he stands up and he's aroused up, speaks to the storm, and it's done. It's done. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in your mortal bringing life to your mortal body. Quickening. Waiting. As we wait. He is waiting with eager expectation just like Romans chapter 8 where the, where the earth is groaning with eager expectation for the sons of God to rise up and take their place. He is waiting for us to wait on the Lord. To take our place as sons. Operate as Jesus So before death starts playing or any note is played, if you have real young children, I just want you to grab them real quick and hold them close. Some of you older children, this is for you. I want you to do this as well. Sometimes we do this a lot on Wednesday nights. And sometimes we have these, a lot of people will say sometimes, they'll say, well, I don't see anything. It's just black. I don't see no, It's just like nothing. But here's where we mess up. When we get to that place and we realize that it's nothing, a lot of times we just want to wake up and give up. I want to propose to you today that in that place of nothingness is where the flesh dies. And so when you realize you're at that place of nothingness, you've got to go ahead and allow the faith, you've got to go ahead and allow the flesh to die. Because we want to raise up and say, well, I didn't see anything. That's the perfect place to be in that nothingness because in that place is where He's going to raise you up and begin to take you into realms of glory. So I just want you for a minute, just take your children, hug them close. I want us all to just close our eyes. 
And if there's nothingness, it's okay. That's where you want to be. Because that's the step just before, in the waiting, He begins to lift you up. Just take a deep breath. Just close your eyes. And wait on the Lord. Just wait. I said, you wouldn't do it. So I'm waiting on you to wait. I'm waiting on you to wait. Positioning yourself with eager expectation. Just be still. 
walking through, I can feel this, the wind of his presence. Can you feel it? Fresh atmosphere hitting your skin. Thank you. 
week, I just ask you to do that sometime during this week, as much as often as you can, to get in position yourself to receive from Him. I also encourage you as many times this week as you can, you take communion with you, if it's just you or your family. He manifests Himself in those situations. Take you to new levels. To rise above it all. To be victorious as we go out and bring kingdom come here on this earth as it is in heaven. Be blessed this week. Love you guys. Have a good week.